Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Lord, we just, we just thank you for your word that it's alive as you lead us by your spirit and your word in the day and age that we live in. Um, we acknowledge you, that you, um, you're really the only one that has the wisdom to lead us. And you're the only one that has the power to sustain us um, with the purpose and the call that you have for us, that you want for us in this day and age. So, Lord, we just thank you for um, speaking to each one of us today. Lord, you've already done so much in the service during worship. Lord, you, you're, just, you're just amazing. We're humbled uh, to be your people. But, Lord, we come to you because you've called us by name. We can boldly approach you because you've called us by name. Not because of a merit, the merit of our own works, but, but because of your goodness and your faithfulness to us, even when we fall short. But Lord, our goal today is to press towards you, to listen to you, to love you, and to obey your word so that our house may be built upon a rock that will stand the test of time. It won't fall when the storms of life come, that we hear your word we receive it by faith, and then we walk it out in everyday life. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. 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 <clears throat> the Lord has ministered on my heart this week. If I want to title this Living Connected. Living Connected. At prayer Wednesday night, we had a, a very meaningful time as we took communion together, and um, we remembered his blood given, his body broken, it really was an impacting time in our in in that service, but it's an impacting time in our life as we remember His blood and His body that was broken for us, and His blood is is given to us. It's changed us, made us a new creation. It's just, he sustains us. David said in Psalms chapter three that the Lord is the one who sustains us. You know, it's that sustaining power. Anybody or most everybody could could do something for a short amount of time. But the Lord is able to empower us to do it for a, a great amount of time by his power. Amen. And Heidi had shared something that I want to share this morning. As we were praying, she said uh, she saw like a like kind of a vision of like an IV. Remember, we've been to the hospital and you get an IV hooked up. It was like an IV from heaven coming and connecting to us. And um, I was praying about that this week. And that's an interesting word picture to kind of visualize, but I'm believing this represents uh, that the world is not a, doesn't have enough to sustain us. It doesn't have enough to sustain us. But as we connect to Jesus, we are connected to the source of life. Uh, years ago, I watched a documentary. It was called, um, I believe it was called Running the Sahara. And it was, uh, I didn't even know I was going to share this, but I remember it was about these long-distance runners that um, did all, uh, marathons were nothing. I mean, they're doing these long 50, 100-mile, several hundred-mile runs. 
And uh, these three runners, they'd met, they did marathons, you know, these ultra-thons all over the world. These three guys got together, and one of them uh, said, I wonder if anybody's ran across the Sahara Desert. And they're like, I don't think so. Well, how far is that? It's something like 4,000 miles. And so these guys decided to, let's just run across the Sahara. 4,000 miles. They're averaging like 100 miles per day. Running on their feet. Like no bikes or motorcycles. And yeah, no camels, right? They're running and it's a very it's an interesting little documentary. Years and years ago, I saw this. But they were running and in this documentary, they, they were eating like 10,000 calories. I mean, they, every time they'd stop, they had a, a Jeep that would follow them. You know, they had all the food and everything they needed. It had medical supplies and it had IVs and all this stuff. They'd get hot and they were eating, but they couldn't even eat and drink enough through their mouth to sustain them. And they would have to stop. And, and there's times it's so hot running, it's like 120 degrees and they're just, they're just running. And they pull over and they'd, they'd stick an IV in them. And they would pump them full of all kinds of good nutrients and, you know, B vitamins and, and just saline and all that just to give their body, rehydrate them. Why am I saying that? I just, I thought about that a while ago as we were worshiping that in our run, you know, in our running and not fainting here on earth, we can't do it alone. They had this follow-up team that came, and they were passing. They'd pass out, and they'd pull over. Oh, my gosh, she passed out, and pull them in, seek the IV in, and, and they start coming back to life, and, and they were giving him cookies and eggs and granola bars, and he's eating too, but they're putting this stuff in. And there are times in life that, that we need to realize that this world, this desert, this wilderness we are in, we can't get everything we need from it to truly sustain us. We have to have that support, number one, from Jesus, from his word, from his spirit. And then like how he shared, it was just like this picture of like him coming in saying, let's get something in you. And I, I don't know if that, who that's for, but we have to do our part. They, they ran. They were putting everything they could into it. I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of, a lot of teachings that just say, just sit back and just let go and let God. I understand there's sometimes when that has to be, right? But that's not to say, just, just give up and well, you know, if the Lord wants it to happen. No, they were putting in all they could, but then they were also getting outside help. And today, that's a kind of a weird picture, right? This IV and coming in. But we must stay connected. We must live connected. In John chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Everyone say remain. Uh, just circle that, highlight that, remain. That's a big word. 
for us. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Notice it's command, not like a great, you know, a little suggestion. He said, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Hmm. Remaining in him. Living connected to Jesus. There are a lot of things that help us connect. There's a lot of tools, a lot of things, and, and they, they help us. But the word remain here is to continue, continue to exist, especially after many others have not. Like remain. Okay, it, it, when you would say, like, well, who remains? It's kind of drawn a picture that there was a lot and now there's less and we're saying, who's left? Who's remaining? Because it's, you continue to be here to show up, to exist, especially after many others have not. So he's saying, remain in me. A lot may come and hear me. A lot may you know, kind of come around and, and, but they're not remaining. They're not staying in, in him. The idea of many and few. Many are called, but few are chosen. We see that in Matthew 22. Many said, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. See that in Matthew chapter seven. Okay. Many said that, but few would he say, I know you. Isn't that interesting? And what that means is that we are called to know God, to remain in him, and let his words remain in us. Now, if remain means what's left after leaving, okay, then we can see that in this world, Many come in and come out. They come in and out. How many have been in church for a long time? They come in, they blow in, they blow out. The tumbleweeds catch on fire, they burn up, and they blow and they burn out. They catch on fire, they burn up, they blow out. You know what I mean? The the lamps get put under the bushel. The you know, just the, the cares of life choke the seeds out. You know, they, they spring up quickly and then quickly the thorns. And, you know, we have this idea that, that many come in and spring up, but a few would remain. Are you a part of the few that would remain connected to the vine? Amen. We have many words from many sources that are in us. 
many, many things have been told us. Many things have been taught to us. We've listened to podcasts and uh, TBN TV shows and, you know, all the things that have been taught us, right? There are many words that have been taught us. We've received many lessons, many teachings, but today I'm saying what is remaining? What words? Because he said, if my words remain in you, I don't know this. I don't know how I'd ever figure this out, but I feel like I've forgotten more than I've learned. Anybody feel like that? I was looking back at sermon notes that I made like 15 years ago. And I was reading them as if somebody else had written them. This is really good stuff. I should preach this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait. I wrote that. I should probably remember that. That was a great revelation, man. I, oh, yeah, I remember I was in deep prayer before the Lord. God spoke to me. He showed me something. I, that's a good lesson. I don't, even remember, I don't even remember that. And how quickly these things come in. But he's saying that there's an importance between that my, my words, Jesus, the, those words from him remain in you. Because the storms will come and blow you all around. I just watched a documentary on a, on Netflix. It's about a fire in California. It was the biggest fire, the Paradise Valley town. This fire came in. It's the largest, most destructive fire in like over 100 years. Um, as And the documentary just came out. I think it was a fire in 2018. And it came in so quick, so viciously, it burned like 12,500 structures down. Homes, whole huge neighborhoods, all just, I mean, absolutely decimated. It just comes in and, and just is, it came in and knocking. It's terrible. I was like, oh my goodness, wow. And I was watching that. I was going, man, Satan, the enemy, the devil has come to try to wipe out the people of God in just the same way. You see this fire, they're showing these, these pictures, these video of this fire, and it just, it looks like the end of the world. Like if I was there, I'd be like, everybody get on your knees. We got all the end time stuff wrong. Jesus is starting with fire. You know, I mean, you know, I would have been, because it looked like apocalyptic. And, I, you know, it's it just a crazy thing of, of, of the time that people took to build these things, to build these structures, to build a life. And so quickly they come and it can just, and the natural things of this life can just be burned to the ground. There were people that their, their, all their home and everything they had was burned. And where they worked, their job, all burned. They lost their homes and everywhere they worked, just literally gone. Wow. And the enemy is after our spiritual life. That's why Jesus said, he who hears my word and does them will build a house. I'm going to tell you what, if I lived in California right now, I would have like an all concrete house. You know what I mean? What, what happens around here? Like, you know, I mean, knowing that now, I'd be like, I'm going to build, and you guys know me. I'm going to build something, and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. I would be trying to do that. But even that's going to fall short because everything in this earth is going to come to an end. That like we know it, but what needs to remain is His Word. 
the blood that he shed applied in my own life, his words applied in, in my everyday life will build me a house that will never blow over. Amen. We're called to know him, remain in him. <clears throat> but back to this point, there are many sources in our life from our mom, our dad, our friends. We have words from enemies. You know, we have the negative words that have been spoken to us, and they're in there. Words that have caused insecurities in us. Right? We have coaches, teachers, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends that have said things about you, and it's remaining in you. Maybe negative words that people have said. You're nothing. You always eat. You're getting an argument with somebody, and they say, you always do that. Anybody ever, ever done that? We've done that. How did I have done those very things, like a negative thing we've done? You get in, you're like, man, you always do that. Well, not actually. It's not actually always. But there's things that, that maybe people have told you over the years, and it's not a word that needs to remain. See, there are some things you need to, you need to go and let those words go. But make sure his words remain. Living, connected to the vine. John chapter 15, 1. Again, I want to read that. I am the true vine. The Father is the gardener. You skip down to verse 4. It says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. How many times do we get frustrated about the fruit of our life? The fruit, you know, what's, what's happening? What we're producing? Anybody ever get frustrated? I'm not where I wanted to be. My, my, my life's not where I wanted to be. My marriage is not where I wanted to be. My business isn't where I wanted to be. I'm, I'm just not where I wanted to be. And we get frustrated about that. And the truth today I want to talk about is that you can't do it all by yourself. You're going to stay connected to the vine. His words remain in you. Living connected is part of our DNA to God and his word. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> this is, uh, I want to read this passage. I'm going to do just a little bit of reading here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort, effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. But what, he, what, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. And he himself gave to some. Now who? See, Jesus, he gave himself some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers 
to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, a growing into maturity with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Verse 14, Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning and cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. Verse 16, From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. So within our DNA, our physical DNA, what we would call our spiritual DNA, DNA is to live connected. That we don't have it all within ourselves. That we need God. We needed the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus told them, y'all don't go out and start trying to take over the world with this gospel message until I send the Holy Spirit. And they had spent a lot of time with Jesus. Think about it. How many campfires did they sit around with Jesus? You really learn a lot when you sit around the campfire with somebody. They had like th they had a three-year camp out. That they were drawn pretty close. I would say they knew him pretty good. And they learned a lot. They said if all the things Jesus had, had done and said were in books, we, we wouldn't have enough to contain it. Well, how many did those disciples hear? A lot. They heard a lot of Jesus' word. But yet, Jesus said, you're not, still not going to be ready until I send forth my spirit to come upon you, to fill you, that you have, be, uh, have the power to be a witness. Amen? So Jesus knew the importance of us being connected to the Father by way of the Holy Spirit. All right, so living connected to God. Living connected to his word, that's, that's number one. Now we're going to talk about number two. This won't take quite as long, I don't think. Living connected to other people. Now I understand at times we think that if we live by ourselves in a cabin in the woods. Anybody ever thought about that? Like, I don't know. Not everybody. But I have thought that. But it wouldn't take me very long to be like, hey, Heidi, can you come out to the cabin with me? <laughs> Friends, your spouse, leaders. There's a couple of points I want to make here. You are not called to stay connected with everyone. Okay? Some are a bad character. Negative traits that can drag you down. Proverbs calls them fools. So just kind of straight out of the gate, you need to be connected to people, not all people, because you don't want to connect. And what I mean by that, you know, hanging out, being with them, you know, to fools. Um, be careful. Some of bad character, negative traits, saying, you know, like I said, they drag you down. Be careful to be constantly in the presence of fools. It doesn't mean you can't 
Um, you, you can't always help that. How many worked with fools? Now you don't have to raise your hand. But you must beware. You must be careful. You must, must walk, you know, with, you know, it says guard your heart above all. It holds the issues of life. See, there's, there's people you have to be guarded. And there's a lot of things. The word is toxic, you know. It's like the, the word. There's, there are some toxic um, fools that we don't need to, you know, that's like the hot word. They bring you down. They bring death. And what this means is if you, if like the men, if your guy friends pull you away from church, right, they make fun and downgrade women. They talk about sex and crass ways, then that'd be toxic to your marriage. So you've got to guard that. Don't connect where it talks about not being unequally yoked. And we only want to talk about that in like marriage, but I believe there is a, a way with others. You must be careful and guard that. Be knowing. Um, it can be very connecting for you to connect with those kind of people, but it can be very disconnecting with your wife or same with, you know, wives. Getting around these people, these are the ladies, and they're speaking negative things, and it brings you away, then you must guard that. Guard the relationships that um, are what we would call primary relationships. And so we know that if you're married, that's going to be a primary relationship. Um, same goes with wives. Does your conversation lead you to love your husband more, inspire ways to connect better, or, or does it lead you into contempt and disrespect? See, there is sometimes we connect to certain people that cause more disconnection in your life because they'll cause you to disconnect from God disconnect from him yes you're connecting to them but you're making you disconnect from the right ones in your life so guard that a man taught me one time and I, i'm trying to remember where this came from i'm sure it's in my notes from 20 years ago so i'm not exactly sure where this came from it's just been one of those lessons that i just knew somehow but he told me in a simple way can i teach you this just in a way, we, need, we want to live connected to people, but I think if we're not careful, it's just like, we, we, you know, where do we start and who do I connect with? There's three basic words here that I'll break it down this really quick. He said there's up, down, and out. Okay? Up, down, out. So there's relationships that are going to be kind of up to you. They're going to be people that they're better at everything than you, or maybe at least on specific things than you. And so, you know, for instance, like finances, don't get financial advice from somebody that doesn't know how to handle finances. You would go somebody that knows what they're doing, the fruit of their life. They're up. They're going to lead me up. There's pastors, there's mentors that have been doing it longer than me. And I try to connect with those, at least some that when I get around them, I'm, I mean, I'm just taking notes, I'm listening, and they're helping me get closer to God, get higher in wisdom, and they're, they're just pulling me up. I'm a down to them, so they may not invite me on vacation. I don't know. <laughs> but they're allowing me in their life enough to where I can glean from them, and I can be built, I can get drawn up. Okay? Next kind of relationship would be the down. Those are people... 
you know, some of those people that I was saying would drag you away. So those may be some relationships that are down. If you, you know, if two people are on the stairs, it's going to be easier for one to pull the higher one down the stairs than pull the one up. So that's why you have to be braced and you have to be guarded, you know, hold on to the rail, you know, but you, you want to try to help them up. You want to help give them love, wisdom, encouragement. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You know, but you, but you've got one hand on the rail because I don't want them to pull me down. You know, I want to help them not drown, but I need to make sure that I got one hand on the boat because otherwise they're going to drown me. They're going to pull me under the water. They're flailing. So I, I, I have to be prepared. But that doesn't mean we just disregard them. How else would the world come to know Jesus? It's because we're willing to lend the hand. We want to pull people up to him. But we have to make sure that we don't, we don't just become like them to try to reach them. We can go eat with them, right? We have those times, and, and Jesus said the doctor, the sick people need the doctor. So Jesus did, he wasn't scared to go into those places. Minister to them, try to bring healing, try to, you know, help them along. But you saw him spend more time with his disciples. Amen? Y'all follow me? A little bit of teaching here. Those people that would consider they're more down, you know... I want to help encourage them, guide them, but I don't know if I'm going to take marriage advice from them. I've actually gone to people, just again, in, and Aaron on transparency, I've gone to people that have had like crazy amounts of marriages and the one they have is not doing well, and like just kind of poke around and get some marriage advice, just so I can know not how, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I want to know not how to do it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit, but not really, you know. Um, because you have to be careful um, when you're getting that kind of advice. And then out. Out, those are going to be more of our peers. We can hang out with them. We can play some Monopoly. We can be, we're, we're like, we're like kind of more on the same page. We're striving for the Lord together. Neither one of us are really that much better but we can be friends you can hang out and it's kind of an iron sharpening iron thing you know they'll they'll help when you're down they'll help you know bring you back up but then you know they're down you can help them up and there's an iron sharpening iron thing um we don't have to worry about you know a big fear of immoral behavior um it's a good place that you can encourage one another. It's a great place for that. But my wife is not worrying about me coming home with a ton of bad habits, coming home drunk, right? I mean, she's not worried about that because I'm, we're, it's with somebody that we're, we're pursuing the Lord together. Fellow believer, these are vital. Converse, conversations are um, not one-sided. People you need to connect with, make sure the conversations are not just one-sided. You know, a friend that listens, but at the end of the conversation, ask how you're doing. That's how you'll know if it's more of an out relationship. Like if you spent the whole time listening to their problems and you leave feeling down, more down, then that's, that's probably not an out relationship. But 
we can get together, you know, Heidi and I, you know, we, we're talking. I'll be telling her, you know, about all this problem I'm doing, you know, but then I'm like, you know, how's you're doing? So we, it's a reciprocating thing, and it's good. We're there for each other. Amen. A friend that doesn't jump on the defensive so quick or make everything about themselves. You know what I mean? They go, ooh, you know? You, know, you said that, that kind of, well, what did you mean by that? I, you know, and, and be able to come and say, oh, I, what's happening? Oh, I can see when I said that, that it made you feel that way. I, I can see that. I'm sorry I did that. You know, I, I, help me understand. And, and you, can, you can work together to maintain the relationship but still move forward. Is this good? Well, that's some things that the Lord has showed us. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> and this is kind of the last thing in connecting with other people. There are some great tools in our life to connect, help connect. I want to talk about social media for just a moment. It can be a, a tool for connection, but it's a terrible replacement for connection. Uh, there's people like you use it, you know, messenger, hey, you know, whatever, hey, well, we should get lunch sometime. See, that was a great tool. When it begins to replace connection, it's a very, very, it's a faux connection. Because you know everything everybody's doing, but you're actually very disconnected. You don't act, you're not actually connecting with them. You know? It'd be like me reading all about, you know, what some actor, you know, Sylvester Stallone, you know, I'm reading, reading all about everything and knowing everything about him and then me say, yeah, we're, we're really, we're really connected. <laughs> yeah, he's my, he's my buddy. No, it's one-sided. I know about, but there's not been any connection. And so there are, there are some tools. It's a tool to see what's happening. But many times, you know, it needs to be a tool so I can see what's happening so I can go be a part. It can also cause people to not conversate if they feel they already know everything. And you, you, you already know everything they've done and you know everything they've ate. You know the desserts they made and you know everything and you're like, oh. They start saying, oh, I made it. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's good. You know what I mean? Like, so make sure they're, they're great, can be great tools, but not replacements. It can also cause people to not conversate. Oh, I already said that. Also, it's a, it's a terrible place to debate. Amen. You're not going to live a connected life if you live to debate on social media. I think there's like 0.0000001% of people that go, I'm going to go get in a conversation on social media to like really learn something today. You know, it's not, not very many people. It, it, there tends to be a lot of real negative words. In fact, remember earlier when I was talking about the negative things that are in our minds that don't need to remain there? A lot of those are coming from negative comments online. Bullies, things that happen, they, you, and so people don't want to, it's, it can be very disconnecting. It can be a great tool, but it's a terrible replacement for being connected. Amen? Tools can be good, but they are not God. And that goes with a lot of things. Money's a great tool. It's a terrible God. Amen. It is. Amen? Tools should never be idolized. Tools are an aid to a purpose or a goal, but they are not the goal. Okay? 
today, this morning is my attempt to address something that I think is causing disconnection in the body of Christ. That when we, f- we feel sometimes like we're very connected because we, get, we see people and we do this. We do, used to, well, actually, we had to actually go, you know, see them face to face. And I believe that you ever wonder, like, what Paul would have written about if he was alive now? <laughs> you know, what, 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 what would, uh, you know, you just you think about those things. But today, we want to live connected to God and his word. We want to live connected to one another. And so whatever may be causing breaks in those connections, we really need to work hard at, at getting those things out of the way. Again, not stressed out to connect with every, every single person around, but we want to see that this is not just something that will make your life just a little bit better. I believe that the reason the suicide rate is going up in our country, anxiety levels are going up, levels of depression are going up, can be boiled down to disconnection. We see a big root of this when COVID hit. Isolate, separate, church is fine at home. You can get all that. I mean, I had people that, I had people that had been going to church for their whole life and they're up close to their 70s. They've never missed church. But at the end of COVID, they're like, well, we kind of, we kind of like church now in the recliner. You know what I mean? That's kind of, you know, there was some, some habits that were good, that at least I go to church on Sunday morning. Pandemic hits, I got out of the habit. And I think it revealed that some didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. They had a tie to a denomination or an an organization. And it revealed that they were not really connected to the Lord and his mission that we have on earth. Amen. It's to reconnect humankind with the God of heaven and earth. Amen. And so as you're praying, as you're going through your week, can I, could the worship team come back up just for a moment? <clears throat> as they come up, I really want... Um, I want to talk about this for just a few more moments. Could you give me just a few more moments? You guys have been doing so good. Thank you for listening today. I believe that when you look at the beginning of the word in Genesis, from the beginning of what we would call our known world, after God created the earth, Satan came and it said that he one of the first encounters that Satan had with Adam and Eve or Eve was did God really say did God really say that did God really say not to eat that so from the beginning he's trying to get us to disconnect from what God said. 
So just to really simplify this, is that the enemy wants you to disconnect from what God is doing through his church. He wants you to disconnect in your relationships that are, are meant to be healthy and thriving. There's relationships in your life that if, if they were better, then it would it cause so much less stress, less medication, less struggle, less blood pressure. I, I'm not just telling you this in theory. I'm, I've lived it. And as there is a reconnecting first to God and then, a re, and, and then a prioritizing of those important relationships that are God-given, and we live connected, then things start clearing up for us. Like the vision starts kind of clearing up. And God wants us to be healthy in our spirit, soul, and body. We teach that a lot here. It's not just about having a big spirit, but... You know, let's, let's let that change every part of our life. Amen. And so I would like you to do this real quick. Chris, close your eyes across this room. If you're here today, and you would say, I feel disconnected from, from God when he asked for me. I feel, I feel disconnected from, from him. I feel some distance. And I want that to change. Could you just lift your hand right there where you are? Just lift your hand. I feel some disconnect. Okay. It doesn't mean that you're a horrible, gross sinner. You're just such a bad person. It's like there's been some disconnect between you and God. Distracted. Not connected like you. Anybody else? Just lift your hand to the Lord right there. Okay. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Now I want to talk to a second group. If you have been battling disconnection with some of those primary primary relationships in your life and you would say I I feel some disconnect and I I want to ask God to help me reconnect maybe it's your marriage maybe it's a friend maybe it's family it's you know the right people in your life I feel disconnected and I want to ask the Lord to help me start that process to reconnect just lift your hand up across the room. Okay. All right. You can put your hands down. Now, in prayer this morning, God wanted me to tell you this. Everyone that raised your hand, whether it was in the first group or the second group, he wanted me to tell you that he's the way maker. He's the way maker. We make miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Come on, listen to this. We
point, you may feel like there's no way, this connection, you feel lonely, you feel sad, you feel disconnected. He's telling you, he's the way maker. Now we haven't done this in a little while, but I really feel like we're gonna do this. If you raised your hand for either group, would you stand up and come up here with me? And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna join this group too. I'm singing the same prayer. If you raised your hand on either one of the groups, just come up here with me. And you know what? I'm gonna be the one that's gonna join you because there's things in my life I wanna be more connected with His will, His way. Now worship team's gonna sing this. Only He can make this change. He's the way maker. Oh, you feel discouraged? Know this. hope to the hopeless he's hope to the hopeless come on sing it out just call on him oh lord let us reconnect to you lord reconnect times we don't feel it. Come on, do you know this part? Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Come on, let's trust him this morning. He's bringing us back into connection once again. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop Never stop working, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. Come on, sing it by faith. Never stop, 
about at the beginning you know these guys are running through that doesn't mean you're just going to be there'll be times when you just lay down and let him do something here say okay he'll get back up you walk by faith notice those words walk by faith not sit not recline but walking by faith you can cross a lot of ground walking you know you can you can give get some time and cross a lot of ground walking. So think about this. We walk by faith. Now I know we're, we've been a part of the charismaniac movement, right? I'm just, just kidding. We like the big sensational moments. And I love, uh, those are great. We see those. We see the, the, this, the crazy miracles. But I'm just going to tell you what I've seen many, many times. It's that step by step, walking by faith, that I, he's a lamp into my feet and light in my path. I just keep walking. I just keep walking. I don't see everything, but I keep walking by faith. And watch that the Lord doesn't come in and help you and, and guide you and show you the next. And I, I do think that that lamp in her feet, light her path, there's you know, the lamp into my feet, that, that tells me that the light doesn't, is maybe not real far. Sometimes we want the 10 million lumen light that'll show us our path all the way to the end of our days. But it says the word is a lamp into our feet. Well, how big are your feet? It's just, it's just you know, just enough to, and so there's times when we just walk, it's just that one more step. I don't feel like a big miracle happened in this relationship, but I'm walking my faith. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep doing, keep obeying the word, keep speaking, and I'm going to keep doing. Don't let the enemy stop you from doing 
Remember the three little pigs? You remember? That really kind of came out of the Bible, sort of. Because the big bad wolf, a.k.a. the devil, what is he doing? I'm going to blow. I'm going to huff. I'm going to puff. I'm the roaring lion. Right? He said, I'm going to blow your house down. Which one stood? Isn't it amazing when you go look at some of those stories that are kind of ingrained in us? We just build brick by brick. And there may have been some atomic bombs. There may have been some fires that have, have been in your life. And it's caused you to doubt God. When I talked about disconnected from God, it could be because of some things that you feel like God let you down. God didn't do it like I thought he would do it. I've been there. I've been there like, God, this, this is nothing like I pictured. And he was like, well, that's because it was your picture. You got your eyes off of me and onto a picture of what you wanted your, your reality to be. But really, all along the way, we just need to keep our eyes on him. Keep building our life on him, on the rock one step at a time, walk in my faith. Amen. Let's pray together. I want to pray over you one more time. Father, I thank you for my friends, my family in the room. Thank you, Lord, that you have us all on a journey. And I pray that no matter how young or how old we are, that we would never, we'd never be derailed from this, the tracks that you have us on, that we would never stop moving towards you. We never stop pursuing you pursuing your word, your spirit in our life. Lord, we walk by faith and not by sight. Even when things don't look like we think they should, Lord, we just keep believing you. We keep trusting you. God, we love you. We thank you for this time that we have together. We give you our life. Thank you that you are a faithful God that helps us through the process.